You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at both at LockedOnWBB and, of course, our 24-7, 365 work covering women's basketball at Summit Hoops with two Ts. Uh, only place that you could find first and foremost where the stars were moving if you want to know days ahead of time uh, who the new coach of the New York Liberty was going to be Summit Hoops is the place to go find it and somebody who we have covered uh, many many times look forward to uh, even that much more somebody who's been in the news uh, over and over again is Lindsay Whalen who joins us right now champion and uh, icon of the state of Minnesota thanks for taking the time to be with us of course. Thanks for having me. place we want to start, obviously, is, you know, central to everything that you've been doing. It uh, has to be Gentry, uh, you know, your uh, mm-hmm. alter ego over at Instagram, uh, a big hit, a universal, somebody who's not afraid, I think, to speak the truth, I think, is something really significant. And I'd like to talk a little bit about what Gentry's uh, origin story is. Uh, well, um Actually, it just started um, probably a couple months ago. I was, um, you know, on Snapchat and just kind of bored, and they have the different filters and whatnot. And um, I would send these posts to my my um, my mom and my sisters and my brothers on on Snapchat, just in our little group, just because uh, I don't know, kind of feel, you know, break up the funny parts of the day and kind of say what had happened and and kind of do it in that. That voice and with the big mouth and everything, I've seen other people do it on there too, so I just thought it was funny. And then, I don't know, at some point a little later, probably around the finals, I just decided to post them, start posting these kind of my long rants on what's going on during the day and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it seemed to kind of catch on, and people, people took to it and liked it. And next thing you know, there was signs um, in the crowd, and people were chanting. Um, Gentry when I was at the free throw line in LA so yeah it just kind of was a, a funny little thing that started and um, I don't know I guess I have to keep it up now I haven't had as much material because I've been trying to kind of lay low and I've been I've been trying to lay low and been super busy so right. um, I haven't had as much time or much material but um, I'm kind of work. I've got a, I've got another thing in the works as well I've got another um, I've got another character I'm working on whoa so, um yeah, so we'll see what we'll see what comes of that. Um, I'm working on one now, though, so we'll like, see. Like I said, obviously you come to us for breaking news, so uh, certainly glad our listeners are able to hear about that first. Uh, I, I, I'm working I'm, on it. I'm working on it, so no guarantees, it? but I got a couple things in the works. I, I mean, look, obviously the creative process that brought us Gentry is something we're excited about yeah. for whatever comes next. Do you, I mean, but all joking Wait. aside, like, do you? Do you typically like to do voices? Is this something where you feel like this is giving people sort of a window uh, into into who you are a little more? I mean, me and my brothers and sisters have been making kind of funny. Uh, we used to do like talk show home videos and stuff when we were kids. We used to. Um, so I have four brothers and sisters, and mm-hmm. so I'm the oldest. And we, a lot of times when we'd be home or it'd be middle winter nothing to do outside um i'd be maybe babysitting me and my older me and my other sister would um <clears throat> would be babysitting all the younger ones and we would just kind of hit record and a lot of times i was the talk show host and we would kind of do like a 
spoof off of like uh, Jerry Springer or Geraldo, and eventually it was just us like fighting and like pushing each other around. But um, I don't know. We just have always uh, we would always watch like Saturday Night Live and um, you know like The Simpsons, even though we, when we weren't supposed to. Um, and it was just kind of uh, I don't know. We've always kind of done that. So this whole technology thing with Instagram and Snapchat and all this with like the filters and the voices, they kind of, they kind of do the voices for you. Right. And then if you just put a little extra onto it, it can be kind of funny. Some of the things that, um, that the way that the, the filters make it. So, well, um, I, I don't so want to, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I don't want to get ahead of things, but obviously, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, Carol Lawson went on to a terrific broadcasting career after playing, uh, and to make captions as well. Has Gentry received any offers? Uh, not to, well, actually, um, a lot of people wanted to interview, interview me about it. And this is the first, one of the first times other than like ESPN before the game mm-hmm. that I've talked more about it. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see who else wants to talk about yeah. Gentry. It might be hard to interview though, because I'd have to do the Snapchat. They'd have to somehow figure out how I could do the Snapchat through the TV filter. Um, uh-huh. With my I, little accent, so I, I guess mean, we'll find out. Never underestimate technology, but you know, certainly, exactly. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly, there's there's an audience for it, so it'll be exciting to see. Now, I I I, I know in addition to uh, your work as an Instagram star, um, you've also you know been playing a little basketball lately. I thought we probably would uh, get to that a little bit. I wanted to start with a quote uh, that Maya Moore uh, had after Game Five that I really thought kind of captured what that experience uh, looked like from the outside and get your sense from within. But her quote was, just when you think it can't get any better, we create a new memory in the house that Weezy built. And, you know, it it just struck me that to not only be able to win another championship, but to be able to do it at the place where you set so many records as a collegiate star, I mean, in what practical ways did that sort of differentiate things for you? Like, what what specific ways did it? It's was the experience different this time around? Yeah, I mean, just it was just because it was such a unique opportunity to um, to be playing back there. I mean, it was. I mean, it just kind of all fell into place with Target Center being redone, so we were at Excel. And then to have, um, it's just then to have conflicts and whatnot with the wild. I mean, at first everybody was pretty, you know, kind of like, oh, we're getting moved again and whatnot. But for me, I was excited because one, it was my alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, it was just, I knew the advantage we'd have, honestly. I knew that we'd have a big home court advantage there. I knew I'd played there all those games and all those, you know, tournament games and Big Ten games where, um, where the crowd really is a factor, and the court itself is such a unique, it's such a unique place to play that I kind of, I was excited because I knew if we were able to secure home court and we were able to play um, the way we were capable of, I felt like there was a little advantage for us in playing there, and so I was super, I was very excited because we're playing for all these years, and um, I knew it was going to be tough, but you're, we're still here to play in the finals and we're our, that's you know what our team that's what every team's goal is but especially with our group and with us all being um you know an aging kind of core it was 
like, well, this is another chance to win a championship. And playing there, I thought, gave us a little more advantage than if we, um, you know, had just I – mean, we would have had still home court advantage at, at Excel, but mm-hmm. – Excel, you know, the barn is a different basketball court than Excel, and um, there's really nothing like it. And um, it was just, it was kind of cool and fun that it worked out, you know, that we got to go back there and play. It was striking to me because there was so much, there was so much conversation, uh, you know, and and with good reason that there were parallels between last year and this year, and to go win in LA and force a game five, but it's forcing a game five in a different place. And I just wonder, do you think it? affected sort of where your headspace was at to be able to just be thinking preparing being in a place that you know not not as if uh last year was so uncomfortable but to be in a place that had been in many ways your basketball home for so much longer yeah i you know when we lost game three out there um and actually after we lost game one too it was like i just and and then it just became all right especially after we lost game three it just became what do we have to do to get it back for game five? Because I knew game five we'd have, it'd be sold out. You know, it'd be filled to the rafters, 14, 15,000 people. And it'd be so loud in there because of the way that the arena is built. And so then it was just like, leave it all out there for game four. And we had, we played, you know, not, you know, obviously probably one of our worst games in the playoffs in game three, mm-hmm. if not the season. So, we had a lot riding on game four. We had a lot to prove to ourselves. And and I thought that as long as we got back to game five, we'd have a good shot at winning. And so then it just became just everything in the game four. Um, and then we had extra motivation, obviously, after the way we played in game three. Um, you know, nobody played the way that they wanted to. Uh, well, the bench did. The bench played well that game. But um, the starters didn't come out the way we should have. And so we had we had that little extra boost of motivation that, that unless you have a bad game like that, you're not going to have, you know, you just kind of, you know, there's no other really other way to put it. You Mm want to really go out and prove yourself after a game like that. And we kind of had that. I think we had that advantage in game four over LA. And then just the fact that we had home court in game five and in that arena ended up getting us both games and another title. Take me through the moments right after you win that game five who are you looking to first? What are you feeling? What's going through your mind right at the moment that that final buzzer sounds? Yeah, it's such a, it's such a surreal thing. Honestly, it just doesn't, you put so much into it and it never, it's so hard that you never feel like you're actually going to get there, you know, and the way it went last year, um, we've had that happen where we have, we feel like you have a one and it's literally taken from you in, in the last second. So, until it sounds and it's zeros, it's really, um, it's never, you can never take anything for granted. As you saw, we were up 12 points and they came back in one minute basically and right. almost tied it up. They got to a one possession game before Maya hit that shot. So I don't know. You're just like, I mean, just thankful that you won, thankful that it's over, that you were able to do it. And, and then you're just trying to find your teammates, honestly, in that, in those seconds and whoever you can go find, you just try to run and, go celebrate with them and then before you know it there's stuff you know they got the confetti or the ribbons whatever it was and everybody's handing out hats and it's just like happens within like literally seconds or minutes of all this stuff that you put into it and then and then all of a sudden you're celebrating and it's over and it's just it's pretty nuts i can imagine that and you you don't even know you don't even know at that point too how 
how exhausted you are, how tired you are. When does it hit uh, you? It what, takes, yeah, it, when it do you weeks. when do you feel it? Uh, it really hit me. I've had one wave hit me on game, uh, on Friday, so we won Wednesday. Then we had the next day was, well, of course, you're up late that night, and then the next day was Governor's Mansion um, parade, and then it just that night it just kind of hit me, and it was just like. I was out to dinner with my husband because it was our it was our tenth anniversary that day. Happy so anniversary. of course we wanted to go out and it's a big uh, thank you you know it's a milestone yeah. you know year and everything and so we were and I just said I have to got to go home I just I could fall asleep in this restaurant and so we <laughs> we had like an appetizer and we had an appetizer and and then that was it and then it was just like I have to go home went I slept that night for twelve hours and then I literally didn't leave my house until. Sunday, um, when I'm wanting South and family, I didn't leave my house because I was just exhausted. Your body's just kind of, you had this huge emotion, but then you're exhausted from five, not only five games, but a whole season. Right. And then, like, it just goes, you know, it just hits you kind of randomly and you, I mean, you just don't push it then. You just kind of know to rest. And I've had a lot of days where I've watched a lot of Game of Thrones throughout the whole day because it's like, that's just all I can do today is just do this and and just let yourself rest. And, and so that's something that's so interesting to me because you think about the window for this team. And you you talked about this aging core. And, you know, there were a lot of people who were ready to think of it as, uh, you know, a baton passing. Especially, I think, if L.A. Mm -hmm. had won a second time in a row, I think th that conversation would have grown even louder. But when you break down the individual components of this team and – uh, you know, players such as yourself and the other veterans, you're not seeing an erosion of skills, quite the contrary. In a lot of ways, you're seeing improvement in a way that would seem to belie uh, the age of the individual players. And I guess I wonder whether for you personally, and even just when you talk about it, you, you know, with Rebecca Brunson and with Sill and with Maya, just is the conversation about what your window is and do you feel as if that window is in some ways closing or do you see it as uh you know much further along on the horizon um we talk about it every so often i mean you know i told my after she made that shot i was like if she keeps making shots like that i'm gonna play to on 40 it's just like when you win it's all worth it you know everything you sacrificed and went through and all the injuries and soreness it's worth it because you won um but yeah, I mean, we we know it's we know we're all kind of um, nearing the end. But uh, we have a great coach who, you know, keeps us motivated and keeps us going. And we all kind of we all motivate each other. And um, you know, we want to, like Coach said, we want to sprint to the finish line. And we want to whatever that is, you know, eventually, eventually we all know we'll we'll all retire and be done. We can't play forever. But um, you know, we want to make sure with these last years we have or however many they are you know who knows i mean there's Vince carter's playing he's 41 mm -hmm. so we don't know we don't we just um that's why right now with our team it's very important i think that we all take some time and just kind of rest and kind of take some time not you know not, a lot of the older core isn't going overseas at least for a while and right. so i think that's good right now and and then you just kind of figure out what you need to do to get ready for the next season but I think having that, that mental downtime and that physical downtime is going to prolong our careers in the WNBA. Um, you know, it's, it's halted some of our overseas, um, which is just a decision we've all made. Um, and I'm not saying 
everybody's done with overseas, but, you know, this right. is kind of a year-to-year thing for all of us and kind of a month-to-month thing, honestly, as well as the winter goes. But um, I think we've extended our WNBA, you know, by making those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and, what about for you personally? And that's what, just what we've done. What, what about for you personally? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what, are, what are the ways that you figured out the best ways, I, mentally and physically? Because, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, you you had tweeted earlier this month about the grind never stops, but I, as you're talking about, you know, there has to be those ways to be able to recharge. What's been most effective for you, both physically and, and intellectually? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think physically, um, I've done a couple, I've done a workout program the last two years. that has been really good for me with um, the Mayo Clinic that we have downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, just working on my, um, core and um, hips and hip mobility that's been really important and that's helped me you know for the most part stay injury free I mean my hand thing is kind of a fluke thing there's right. nothing you can really do about that but uh, for the most part I've stayed pretty injury free because of that and worked on a lot of strength training um, you know so this year I'll, I'll see what I'm I'm not sure what I'm gonna do this year because I've done that for two years and um, I might tweak it a little this year mm-hmm. and um, you know maybe get a little more cardio focused but I'm going to kind of think of that over the next, um, you know, however long, you, you know, I kind of need to think about it. And then mentally, oh. I don't know, just not having the traveling overseas and just just taking time just for family, Thanksgiving and Christmas and being home for all that stuff and just taking weekends to do whatever. You can really just recharge that way. Did, do you think the hand injury in some way, and sort of an odd way to think about it, but helped give you that extra bit of energy heading into the playoffs to be able to have that little breather because obviously uh, the time off did not seem, at least from the outside, to affect uh, or, you know, present you with any kind of rust. Yeah, thankfully I, I felt the rust that week before practice. <laughs> I sat down with coach and was like, I don't know how I'm going to look out there. I don't feel like myself. And she told me just to be patient and to just focus on the little things of the game with as a point guard has to do and that really got me through that first game and then the second game I don't know if that was the one I, I maybe had 14 in game two I'm talking about um the semifinals with Washington I kind of got my footing in that series and that one was one I think I maybe had 14 points or something and I felt pretty good and um yeah I think it did honestly I was as any you know athlete kind of goes through I was battling you know some Achilles soreness and whatnot and um I was fine to play, but, you know, being able to take that time and having to stay off my feet because of my hands for, you know, about, you know, about 10 days, mm-hmm. it kind of made me recharge my batteries and it made me, I was away from the team for a week. Not that I wanted to be away, but at that point you can't help but, you know, kind of nurse your injury and get your hand right. And so you can't help but just be at your house and be home and be, you know, rehabbing and laid up basically. And I think that did help me down the stretch, especially with the finals going game five and as hard of games as those were, yeah. you know, playing 30 plus minutes in those last couple of games to be able to do that and, and feel fresh. I mean, I think that was probably a blessing in disguise. It was tough at the time because this year was so spread out early and then we played so much in August that I, I missed 12 games. You know, right. I'm, I'm not a player. I probably haven't missed 12 games in my career mm-hmm. and I missed 12 games this season. So, I think it was good, too, because I really missed the games. I missed playing. By the time I got back, I was ready to play in games, and I was ready to practice. And I think I had that advantage mentally over, over a lot of players in the playoffs. And it's really striking. You know, you talked about the minutes that you played when you came back. And I, I guess 
there's sort of a bigger picture question I'm wondering uh, about from your perspective. Um, the conversation always between stats and uh, people who rely less on the stats, you know, talk about the, the numbers don't manage to effectively capture uh, how how great an individual player is, uh, espe- especially someone like you. And, and I keep going back and forth on it myself because I'm watching you up close in that in that DC series, you know, down in Washington, and you made the decision. It seems to end that series, and you were the one who really made those plays down the stretch in the fourth quarter to you know to to step on their necks to to put that one away. And you can look at the fact that the Lynch this year, as great as you were as a team, you're 26 and four overall when you're on the court regular and postseason. The only losses in the finals come when you're playing fewer than 20 minutes overall. And when you're playing 28 minutes, 33 minutes, you're leading your team to victory. So all of this is sort of prologue for me to think that for someone who's in the game, for someone who's running that game, what numbers are most representative to your mind of how effective you are as a player? Well, I mean... One, I think it just it goes to show that we have a really good team around all of us. We have we all complement each other so well that when one is taken away, it's um you know it, sometimes it shows that it's hard to make that up. I mean, we've had times where we're out Simone, and we can see how hard that was um, three four years ago. Brunson missed half the year, and we it was the one year we didn't win it that year. Or we did the one year we didn't go to the finals that year. Right. Was the year we missed her for most of the year. So it's it just shows that how important we all are. And then I think it gives. I mean, it's like a quarterback in football. The point guard is you know a very important position. And um, you know, I think younger when I was younger in my career, my stats were more you know scoring a lot more assists, a lot more rebounds. And not to say I'm not gonna still try to achieve those numbers if that's going to help the team, but I think that I've figured out other ways that I can really help, and I've figured out different pockets within the game that I can really make an impact, and um, like you said, that Washington game in the fourth quarter, I think I had all of my eight points in that quarter, and yep. um, you know, they were at some key times, so um, I don't know, we all just, I guess we all just take turns, and we all try to um, you know, do what we can, but, um, you know, the point guard is an important position, and um, you know, so I think me and Renee did a great job this year complimenting each other and really playing off of each other and um we were kind of that really great one two punch um that we needed and um she did a great job holding it down when I was out. That's a hard thing to do is to come in with an established starting group like we have mm-hmm. to just then come in and be expected to do all these things and you know, without her playing the way she did, we probably don't get that one feed because we had to win those last three games, True. one on the road and two at home. And it just goes to show how important the point, point guard position is. And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we played it well. And I think we did. The point guard play in the finals had to be between, you know, Chelsea Gray and Odyssey Sims and then me and Renee and look at what Alexis Jones came in and did. I mean, it goes to show how great the point guard play is in this league and it's something I think to be to be celebrated for sure. No question about it. And and I think that's where that series was decided. So it's it's been just a fascinating thing to see the evolution of this team and, and your role in it. But I guess before I let you go, the where I'd love to 
sort of end things is, you know, you were back on campus again this past weekend and honored once again, you know, nothing new for you, of course, but the extent to which you had a remarkable WNBA career before you got to the Lynx, but you are going to be so fundamentally remembered and thought of as a Minnesota player, both collegiately, Mm -hmm. professionally, you know, for that to be your legacy from the start, right on through the conclusion of your career, has that really sort of, has that sunk in yet? And what is that like for you personally, just to experience that, you know, in, in the state? Yeah, it's, it's definitely great. I mean, it's, it's just always great to go back and get the support and see how many people, you know, have watched and still watched and enjoyed, um, you know, my career and a lot of my teammates' careers um, from the U. So it's it's always fun to see. It's, um, you know, you never take it for granted. And this weekend was a fun celebration. I went into the Hall of Fame with a great group of athletes from all different sports and all different eras of, um, of times at the U. So it was a really special weekend. And I think that – I don't think it's really set in because of everything that's been going on because it was literally a week later – after the finals, I was back over there, and I don't know if it's like I said, I don't know if it's all really like set in totally everything. But um, my parents got to come, my in-laws got to come to the game, uh, the football game, even though it was like really rainy that night. But it was, everybody got to enjoy it and kind of um, celebrate. My um, parents came in for this, um, this banquet on Thursday, where it was like you know we had to get up and speak and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it was. Um, yeah, it was just a cool weekend, and like I said, it's um, I'm really fortunate to, you know, to have have a great university to be here and have a WNBA team in the city, and to be able to be at home playing, it's really it's really very special. Uh, and notably, of course, at at the banquet that you spoke as yourself and not as Gentry, which I thought was an interesting choice to be sure. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering too if the if the MC was gonna kind of pick up on that, but he was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if we wanted to go there it was an all u of m discussion well honestly they wanted to mostly talk about the game last week and the fact that it was at it was literally you know steps away from where we were that night yeah um it was always it was just pretty crazy and surreal how this has all worked out and happened this last week and i'm like super thankful but sometimes you just are like has this all really happened you know it's mm-hmm. kind of it's just been crazy and it's been fun but you know you can't i don't know sometimes you just like can't make this stuff up you know no, I, I can imagine, and, and such such fun to watch from the outside, so really appreciate you taking the time to let us know what this experience has been like first half, uh, firsthand, rather, sure. and uh, Lindsay Whalen, thank you so much, continued success to you, and uh, we will be following uh, your success and that of your uh, alter ego, of course, on all relevant social media <laughs> platforms, so thank you very much for your time. That's right. All right, thank you so much.